and our couple slightly shaken up by events at the Cable household. Sees Linda and Graham returning to Solemn Vale via the road in their car. How are both Linda and Graham feeling? Graham is still fighting to try and find a, a rational explanation for everything that has happened so far. It's really uh, not within his normal mindset um, to, to not be able to explain things that other people think are a little unusual. Uh, and this has really thrown him and he's, he's a bit on the back foot about the whole thing. Linda is um, rather taken aback. She was expecting to go and see a lovely house, to have a look and see if it offered any potential for living there, for maybe taking her life in a different direction, from getting her away from the perfume counter at Claridge's. Um, and she's, she's encountered something completely outside her comfort zone and she really doesn't know how she's feeling about it at all but she's incredibly shaken and really uncertain about whether or not she wants to have anything to do with the house again something that occurs to you as you're driving along i assume we have graham in the driver's seat yes graham always drives uh linda you check your watch just to see how long has passed since you arrived in solemn vale and well, most curious thing it appears your watch stopped the well, I guess roughly you think as you were entering deeper into Devon at a best guess you think you've been at the house for a couple of hours uh, so yeah your watch must have stopped three, three and a half hours ago oh, that's annoying watch has stopped not long had a battery put in that one so Linda is going to fiddle with her watch um, Graham, what time is it so I can reset it? Well, I'll have a look because uh, Samantha must be arriving at the pub by now. I, uh, uh, and Graham looks also at his wristwatch. Um, he has what appears to be a Rolex, but, um, but which he actually bought from Camden Market a couple of years ago uh, and isn't quite what it appears, uh, and notices that his watch also has stopped at a similar time to Linda's. That's very odd. Oh, how annoying. Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to check the time when we get to the pub, won't we? Well, look at the dashboard clock. What does that say? It's on Linda's side of the car. Unbelievably, your dashboard clock has stopped as well. Oh, this is really weird, Graham. Do you think we should maybe just go home? I don't really know what to do anymore. I thought this was all going to be, be so simple. We were going to come down, we were going to look at the house. It was all going to be lovely. And... Nothing that's happened has been what I expected. No, we see it through. There's got to be a rational explanation for it. I'm not going to be beaten by uh, a small rural village in the arse end of nowhere. And it's slightly unusual inhabitants. We go. We go to the pub. We meet Samantha. Find out what she knew about your Aunt Demelza. And then solve the whole problem, whatever it is, and just be on our way. All right, then. It, it would be nice to know a bit more about my aunt. Although, having seen all those photos, I'm not really sure what I want to know. I'm afraid of what she might tell me. Quite. Linda, I'm going to bestow upon you a weird point as the person who has reacted the most strongly to the watchers stopping. As you're driving along, getting closer to town, you see a familiar figure trudging along the side of the road just on the verge there's not much between the road and the ditch on the side but this man is balancing precariously between the two it's the rather shabby figure of Alan Taylor who you encountered on the way into town he turns around as he hears the sound of your engine one would assume and gives you a quick wave quite friendly I pull up uh, briefly alongside Mr. Taylor. Hey, Linda, wind your window down and uh, ask what was his name, that chappy? Uh, oh, 
Mr. Taylor. Mr. Taylor, that's it. Ask him what the time is, would you? Oh, good idea. Hello, Mr. Taylor. Hello, Elizabeth. Um, I don't suppose by any chance you got the time on you, have you, please? No, don't wear a watch, I'm afraid. Oh, never mind. Okay. Oh, you would think, oh, he looks at the sky. Hmm. Just got on past four. Oh, goodness, as late as that. All right, then, thank you very much. No, wait, wait, uh, Could we give you a lift into town or anything? Oh, uh, no, I prefer a ground underneath my feet. You know what it is. Eh. Uh, you two having a lovely day? Um, yeah, yes, thank you. Yes, it's it's very nice around here, isn't it? Anyway, it's his own little roar of charm, as they say. Yeah. Lots of excitement down in uh, in the village. Yes, it, it's uh, it's uh, certainly been a lot more lively than we were expecting it to to be, Mister Taylor. Yes, you're right. Uh, do, do you know what time the uh, the bowler's arm reopens? It'll be open all afternoon and into the evening. I I suspect because there's a lot a lot of people around today. So yeah, you know. Harry, uh, Vingo, uh, he, he runs Boulder's Arm. He, uh, well, if he sees a lot of people around, he opens the door, doesn't he? And so he can get the pump, pump flowing and make a bit of cash. Uh, sensible chap, yes. Well, well, thank you for your time. Thank you. We'll, we'll head back into the village. Thank you so much. He, he looks a little concerned, frowns at the both of you. Just before you go, hmm. I don't know who. Sorry for saying so. I think it's about time you probably drove on out. I don't know much about London, but I imagine if you leave now, you probably get back before midnight. Drove out? Sorry, we haven't quite concluded our business. Why would we drive out now? I just think it might be might be a good idea, you know, before before midnight. You get back home, nice and safe in your beds. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, Is there nowhere around here that we could stay if we needed to? Uh, the pub sometimes opened up rooms. Uh, it used to be an inn before it was a pub. Oh, right. Uh, and uh, there's a couple of bed and breakfast. Don't see much trade. Sometimes tourists come through, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh, I don't know if they're advertising because it's off-season, isn't it? Uh, so... Well, we're on our way there now, so we'll we'll ask when we arrive because uh, depending on how long we spend on uh, the rest of our business today, we we may wait and travel back in the morning. But thank you for your advice. He winces as if he's in pain at that. Are you all right, Mister Taylor? Yeah, just feeling. It's, it's probably nothing. Just. Try and, get, try and get your business wrapped up as uh, as you can, you know, Dave, uh, and, and drive home safely. All right, we, we will. Thank you. Are you sure we can't give you a lift anywhere? No, 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 I'm all right. The ground beneath my feet, yeah, that's what I prefer. All right, then. Very well, very well. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, yeah, it's all right. Uh, you, you go safe now. Well, we, uh, we will. will. Thank you. And Graham drives off down the road. Linda is careful this time to wind the window up fully. That was a bit weird, wasn't it? What do you think he meant? You seem very keen for us to be on our way. I have no idea. It's probably one of those uh, strange local quirks. You know what these these uh, out-of-the-way places can be like, you know, if you don't have five generations of family on gravestones in the graveyard, then uh, you're an outsider. Hmm. All the same, though, it's making me very uncomfortable. That on top of the watches stopping at all the same time, everything we've had happen to us in the house. Hmm, but we still have things that we need to do, so let's let's just go and uh, meet up with Samantha, find out what she has to say, and uh, see if we can't track down Mr Livingstone. I'm really worried about him. I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm sure he just got delayed talking to Mr Holloway about the paperwork. So uh, I'm sure it'll all be fine. Let's just go have maybe a soft drink at at the pub and, and take it from there. 
All right then, but I'm, I, I think Mr. Taylor's right. I think we should get everything sorted out as quickly as we can and not hang around any longer. If there's anything else, we've, we've seen the house. If there's anything else we need to do, we can do it from home. Yes, very well. Okay. The journey back into Solemnvale proper is as confusing as it was the first time, despite the fact you've been to the pub before and you know where it is roughly approximate to the church. Finding your way to that spot is still quite a knot of lanes and roads. You finally make your way there after a bit of frustration, having to occasionally beep your horn at a couple of people just stood in the middle of the road having a chat. They angrily flick the V's up at you before moving out of your way and yeah, you are back at the bowler's arm the door, front door is open uh, to imply that trade is still in progress and Livingston's car is not in the car park well I suppose Linda, we've got two choices we can either go for a little stroll around the village wait for the post office to close and Samantha to arrive or we'll wait in the pub what do you fancy doing? I think I might like to have a little wander not for very long but I don't just want to sit around waiting I think that would make me think too much yes I agree I I didn't feel that the the pub was the most comfortable last time let's just have a little stroll down uh, have a look at the local shops see what's going on As you walk around the twisting lanes, you realise that Solemn Vale is a lot more commercialised than you initially thought. It has a number of rather pleasant-looking boutiques, a hairdresser uh, and beauty salon attached. There is a small solicitor's there, but it doesn't look like it's been open for some time. Uh, you can see that there is a small, small police station, probably not manned, and even a tiny library. So it's, again, a village very much bordering on being a full-fledged town, except its isolation just on the coast of Devon has probably prevented many people from ever gravitating toward it. Uh, a lot of the stores, office fronts and the like that are situated here again imply more activity than you're really seeing you even pass a funeral parlour and a florist next door is everywhere open? Uh, there are a couple of places open there's a cafe and tea room uh, and there's even a van selling fish and chips on the corner you finally see the post office up ahead. And there's something reassuring to the Royal Mail sign protruding above its door. Graham walks up to the post office and just checks the opening times on the outside. It says it'll be ready to close in the next 30 minutes. Well, I don't like to go and uh, disturb Samantha while she's working. I mean, she was... uh... No, we'd better not. I suppose we could always pop back to the pub if we know she's going to be around in about half an hour. Yes, or fancy some food? uh, Not enough time for the cafe, possibly, but get a bag of chips from the van? Oh, why not? Yeah, that would probably do me good. Okay. We uh, make our way over to the van selling fish and chips. I stand there for maybe 30 seconds, waiting to see if there's an acknowledgement. The paint across the top of it advertises it as Gertie's Fish and Chips but a large rotund even man is stood behind the counter reading a newspaper, head down doesn't even look up at your approach I stand there for maybe 30 seconds waiting to see if there's an acknowledgement finally as he turns a page he does look up. You realise he's... Well, he has an Asian complexion to him. It's probably the first sign of diversity you've seen in this uh, pokey little part of the world. <clears throat> Good afternoon. Hello there. What would you like, Linda? Oh, I think I'll just have a bag of chips, please, dear. Fancy sharing? or you... Oh, why not? Yeah, go on then. Uh, just, just one large bag of chips, then, please. 
Right, oh, uh, I also do saveloys and spring rolls. Nothing else for me, I don't think. No, not for me, thank you. The chips will be fine. Hmm. Yes, yes, just the chips then, thank you. Just the chips. You're not from around here, are you? No, no, we're not. We're uh, we're from up country. Hmm. My brother and I are saving up to open up a restaurant. Oh, really? Graham's interest is slightly piqued by this as a restaurant critic. Linda, eye rolls internally. We're going to be here for a while. Uh, what, what sort of restaurant were you thinking of opening? Ah, he waves his hand. Nothing posh. Just Chinese takeaway, you know. Sweeping along the south coast, it's about time Devon got one. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's it's good to have a whole range of ethnic cuisine available. People like to avail themselves of a bit of variety in their food, you know? I don't know much about ethnic cuisine, but I know how to uh, do a chop suey uh, or chow mein. He hands over a bag of chips. That'll be a pound, please. Graham removes a pound note from his wallet and passes it over. He actually checks it in the dimming light and stuffs it in his front pocket. So, uh, from up country, you say? Well, from London, yes. Yeah, there's a few people around here who aren't from around here, you know. There's uh, quite a small community within a community building up. Are you planning on staying? Uh, we're, we're undecided yet. We may stay this evening and, and head back tomorrow. Do you recommend anywhere to stay? No. Not really. Uh, there's not much in the way of nice hotels around here. Uh, not within the village, anyway. You could probably ask uh, Vingo at the Bowler's Arm whether he's got a room free. Ah, yes, that, that was the advice that we had from uh, from Mr. Taylor up the road. Yeah. Uh, and there's um, if if you don't if you're not superstitious, there's a bed and breakfast just behind the uh, Eternal Bliss, the funeral parlour. Uh, they always have rooms free. Yeah, <laughs> no one wants to stay over a funeral parlour. Oh, there are there any particular stories about it? Ah, uh, you know, just typical ghosts of the departed, that kind of thing. Oh, I see. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure nothing like that will bother us. No, I don't go for that kind of nonsense myself. Uh, where are you from? Are you local yourself? <laughs> Me? No, 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 no. I'm not from uh, not from Devon. <laughs> Can't you see? He points at his face. No, my well, my family's from Hong Kong. But I'm from uh, Brighton. Just my way, made my way west and west and west until I stopped in Devon. Well, my brother and I did. You, you want to be careful. You don't. Uh, you don't keep going. You could end up in Cornwall. Well, that's why we stopped here. You know, as uh, there is too far. Uh, but no, uh, it's this place is all right. We came out here ten or so years ago, and we do a decent enough business. This uh, van, well, it's not even our van. We uh, hire it off uh, a lady in in the village. Oh yes, I, I name of Millie. I, I I assumed that you weren't uh, Gertie. Graham looks at the sign. No, no idea who Gertie is, honestly. Uh, my brother asked, even Millie didn't seem to know. It's just been the name of the fish and chip van. He points down at the tyres. Those have been flat for almost as long as I've been here. We don't move, it's just a static kitchen in a very small and cramped space. But, well, we've been saving for a while now. It won't be long before we open our own restaurant. Just got to think of a winning name, I suppose. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you'll come up with something suitable. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Listen, um, well, if you do stick around, always feel free to uh, pop by and pick something up. If you go, decide to go fishing, we fry up your fish uh, straight after you catch it. You know, no, no, pro- no problems with that. My uh, brother's good with a knife. He can uh, take the bones out of a fish pretty well. That right. sounds lovely, doesn't it? Freshly, yeah. freshly caught fish. Wow. Sounds like you're Goodness. wasted in a fish and chip van, sir. I think I think your restaurant is definitely the best way forward for you. Well, if there's something to be said about Devon, it's good for seafood. Uh, I mean, I never really took to it much. I've always been more of a chicken and pork man. But my brother, he likes uh, he likes spending a bit of time out in the sea. 
uh, fishing rod in his hands. Probably a bit too much. I'm the one who does all the work. But, yeah, well, you get by, don't you? You do indeed. You do indeed. Well, thank you so much for your for your time and, and for your chips. They look delightful. Yeah, well, yeah, all, all the best to you. And to you. Thank you. Graham and Linda walk back up the road eating their chips. They're actually quite pleasant and warming after the chills of earlier today. Linda starts feeling a little bit better, but uh, she is still quite shaken. And at that, you hear a loud roar of an engine and then the screech of tyres as a familiar-looking Land Rover tears past you on the road, nearly bowling both of you over as it makes its way through the village. Uh, You think that's Jack Holloway's Land Rover. Christ, he wants to be careful where he's going. Is that Holloway? I think so. I didn't really get a good look at the number plate. What a fool driving like that. He could have killed us both. Graham looks to see in which direction the Land Rover disappears. It is heading in the direction of the pub. Come on, we'd better get uh, back to the bowler's arm before uh, Samantha finishes work. Let's pick up the pace a little. All right, then. You arrive back at the pub, and as you enter through the front door, it's as if they're preparing for a party, and preparations abruptly cease as you enter. You're not sure whether these decorations, some of them were there before and you just didn't notice them. Above the bar, a series of masks made of entwined branches and twigs and leaves incredibly reminiscent of the one that you found underneath your bonnet that you cast aside and there's all kinds of people for all intents and purposes hanging up bunting, decorating tables in a very you would put it as a very rural way with knots and wreaths and wicker circles that kind of thing The man you now understand to be Harry Vingo, the landlord of the establishment who served you your beer before, looks dead at you and says, Well, you're back early. Uh, Yes, we arranged to meet somebody here after they finished work. Now, did you? We did. Who was that now? A lady by the name of Samantha works at the post office. Oh, aye. Apparently she, she used to know my aunt Demelza. Demelza Cable. Demelza Cable, you say. His pause is accompanied by him rubbing his chin, and his eyes never leave you. In fact, he doesn't even blink. Your aunt Demelza Cable? Yeah. You? That's right. I understand she died a little while ago, and apparently it turns out she's left her house to me. Well, aren't you the lucky one? Well, it was certainly a surprise. There's a few people chatting quietly at this apparent revelation. I have to say, I never even knew that uh, old Demelza had a niece. To be perfectly honest, I didn't know I had an aunt either. Nobody in my family had ever mentioned her. Well, what Jack said might have been true then, huh? How about that? Huh? Really? Jack? Hmm. Mr. Holloway, he said uh, I didn't even put two and two together, of course. <laughs> I'm not always the brightest spark. More, uh, I guess, a blunt object. <laughs> uh, but I... Uh, oh, he, uh, he said there was something going on up at the cable house. There was almost something going on in the main road as well, because if it's in with the Land Rover, he practically knocked us over. Oh, he drives around uh, like he owns the place. He don't. There's a few families that feel like they own the place, uh, but they don't. It's like a little war going on constantly between them. But uh, you know how people are with country roads. When they live there, they feel they can drive around at whatever speed they like. Like they'll never hit a child or an old woman. Certainly uh, Mr Holloway feels that he owns more than the roads, I think, as well. I think he has a a fair idea that he owns Demelza's house as well. Put that mask over there! Sorry. That's supposed to go over the window. You are preparing for an event? Well, that was the instruction I got. 
sometimes you get short-term bookings. It's not that regular, but when you when someone pays, you do what you got to do. Money talks, don't it? Uh, what are you saying now? Uh, I, I was just saying, passing comment that Mr. Holloway felt that he had some kind of claim on the house as well as the road. Oh, did he? Don't see how that might be. As far as I know, well, again, what am I? I'm just a pub landlord. As far as I know, old Demelza died without anyone who loved her, who was connected to her. I just assumed the place would fall to rack and ruin like so many other places around here. But... mm. Did you know my aunt at all? Uh, Not that well. It's not like she came to the pub too often. I knew her a bit better when I was a younger man. Oh, really? What was she like? I'd love to know. (laughs) Uh, uh, He looks you up and down at that point in a frankly lascivious manner. Linda recoils slightly. I wonder how much you you might do like her, you know. She was, uh, she she liked to have a good time. She'd come to the pub and you know, enjoy a party have a drink or two. Had lots of friends for a while. But she got old. Stop hanging about with everyone else locked up in that house of hers who looked after her there if you, if you don't mind me asking no no one she looked after herself she was more than capable did she have any any staff or, or of any kind you know, thinking more about you know grounds people or, or people who looked after uh, other parts of the estate no, haven't you seen the state of that place? Well, last time I was close by, <laughs> didn't like it'd been kept for years, and no, uh, I don't think she really trusted anyone to get close enough to the gardens, let alone the house. Oh, that's terribly sad, especially if she had a really nice social life before. Yeah, well, sometimes things happen, don't they? Did something happen with her? He just looks at you, and there's no look of lust, not even a look of threat. He's just staring at you blankly, as if he's switched off. And then the door opens and his eyes go there. Ah, Miss Samantha. Hello. Seems you've uh, decided you'd meet up with these guests now. That's right. Yeah, well... Graham turns round to uh, to look at Samantha, who's just entered the room. Linda does too. Small woman with round glasses that take up more than her eyes. In fact, they go down halfway to her cheeks. And her hair is tied back in a bob. She looks every part the post office operator or secretary. So Linda holds out her hand and um, introduces herself. Oh, thank you. She shakes you by the hand. It's really kind of you to come and meet us. I really appreciate it, because I don't know a single thing about my aunt, and the more information I can get, the better. So it's very kind of you. Yes. Well, let's let's get a table, shall we? Can I buy you a drink? Oh, uh, just lemon and lime, please. Linda? Um, I'll have the same, actually, thank you. Graham orders three of the same avoiding looking at the pump handle that says Badger's Stump. Sure I can't tempt you something stronger, Mr... Parker, and uh, no, I, I'm not sure that I could uh, manage more than one of those in a day, to be honest, and besides, I'm driving. Uh, very, very responsible of you. Appreciate you not having to be one of those people I have to restrain, you know, from getting into their car. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure that must happen a lot around here. Ah, country people, they sometimes don't know their own weight. Indeed. Here you go, three lemon and limes. He takes the cash from you. Thank you. Uh, Graham carries the drinks to the table. You nearly drop them when you hear him bellow. It's much like that table, you reader, not that one! Linda's looking around at all the masks and um, remembering the one that she placed in the porch of Demelza's house. And she starts feeling 
like there's, uh, there's something crawling up her spine but she tries to shake the feeling off and, and focus on what Samantha is saying to her Graham places the drinks on the table having arrived here you are Samantha, Linda tell me, do you know what's going on why they're decorating the pub? Sometimes uh, we have events. Um, they're not usually. They usually they're just for locals. Uh, so I'm I'm surprised they're doing it with you two here. But well, they they were sort of part way through when we arrived, to be honest. So uh... maybe they already had something planned and didn't expect you to arrive. Hmm. I didn't hear anything about you arriving, and most of the time, if there's someone big and important arriving from out of the village word travels especially to the post office oh goodness we're not big or important I was just here to see about my aunt's house oh no don't don't get me wrong I'm not trying to say that you're some kind of celebrity uh, no I'm just she seems curious but also pleased with the decor that's going up just interested in everything that's going on must have been arranged either in a hurry or it's just something I wasn't invited to Tell me, we uh, we found a mask very similar to these uh, up at the house earlier when we were looking around. Are they quite common? She does the same switched-off look that Harry Vingo just gave you, and then jolts back to life. Oh, what did you do with it? Well, it had been left on top of our engine. Somebody had popped the bonnet and left it on top of the engine, so we didn't really know what to do with it. I left it in the in the porch at my aunt's house. What a funny place to put it. Oh, on your engine, I mean, not, not in the house. Well, that was what we thought. Do you think it would have stopped the car from driving? No, I wouldn't have thought so. It was, it was just sat on the top of the manifold. Uh, can't have done any damage. It just seemed curious that it should be underneath the bonnet. I very confused by the whole thing so we, we just left it in the porch the cat didn't seem overly pleased by it oh no it hissed at it didn't it mm. yeah that's right cat yes there was a cat wandering about it came into the house and we had to sort of shoe it out <laughs> probably the village cat I assume I, I'd seen it earlier in the in the pub car park it didn't seem overly enamoured with me either and it got all the way up to uh, Miss Cable's house well, they do wander, don't they? <laughs> I suppose they do. Uh, huh. Well, yes, uh, the masks do sometimes come out for events like this. Are you sh... She looks at Linda. Are you pulling my leg? About what? About, you know, not knowing about all of this going on. No! I'd never heard of Solemn Vale before I got the solicitor's letter. Nobody in my family had ever mentioned anybody called Demelza. So, at first, I thought the solicitor's letter was a bit of a wind-up. So that's why we've come down here, to have a look at the house, meet the solicitor, see what it's, uh, you know, see what the, the place is like, and decide what we're going to do with it. But I honestly had no idea, and all my family are dead now, I'm the last one. So there's not even anybody I can ask, so that's why I really appreciate you taking the time to come and have a chat with us. Well, uh, I can tell you the, the little I know. She seems permanently on the edge of amusement. I... I knew Demelza for a little while. She was much older than I am. And... She was always kind but distant, I suppose. I think I was getting to know her a little better closer to her death uh, apologies, passing and I had just sort of chipped through uh, she had a rather frosty exterior I suppose is the one way to put it as I say she was kind enough would uh, sometimes come into town uh, she would check for letters, but there was very rarely anything that arrived for her. Uh, the postman would never deliver direct to her house, you understand. It was uh, too much of a backward track. Uh, and so her post would get delivered to the post office. But uh, sometimes I would go up to her house and we'd have tea. 
and it was just through one of those that she started telling me a little about herself and uh, finally uh, I, I was all prepared to to stop with the socializing because she was just always a little hard to get on with for a while but but again there was always that sense of charity or maybe just loneliness that she was so desperate to be around somebody else who who cared that kept me coming back Uh, that really is terribly sad oh i don't know there was something enchanting about her something that made me just want to keep coming back and being around her and yeah so eventually she started opening up told me about how she'd lived in Solemn Vale for a good uh, 60 or so years of her life 65 I think she's described it as uh, 65, 66 something like that and how she never intended to live here uh, that she <laughs> apparently <laughs> She came here on something of a religious retreat. I don't know if your family has any kind of religious... uh, I guess... Leaning uh, would be the word. Uh, But uh, she never really went into the details of that. And she came out... That's interesting. uh, She came out here. The the house was already in the family. Uh, And... It was something to do with this religion that she was uh, going down to live in it. And eventually, she met a man. And apparently they had a whirlwind romance, from what little she told me about it. And, uh... She didn't mention what his name was by any chance, did she, when she was telling you about that? Uh, Andrew. Andrew. You don't know, uh, don't know his last name, do you? Uh, no, uh, unfortunately I don't. I mean, uh, as far as I know, her surname had always been Cable. So I-, I can't say I've checked church records or anything like that. I've never been that interested. But it, there's, there's a few people around here. I mean, my parents are the same, and I apologise if this is offensive to you if you're uh, regular churchgoers or something like that. But... There's a lot of people that do what's sometimes called things like hand fasting or uh, exchanges of bands, bondings, things like that. And that's where you get married, but not in the not in the eyes of of God, I suppose. And uh, I suspect that's what happened here. And, uh, yeah, so that happened. But then she would clam up a lot when getting into that. Uh, I got the impression that the marriage ended poorly for some reason. And, well, she certainly knew how to have a good time. Yes, that was was what the barman was just saying. Uh When you say that she met a man, um, was he local? Uh, yes, yeah, I think so. Um... Again, never told me his family name. She never said anything other than him being local, but she didn't move either, so I assume he wasn't anyone who, with enough power or sway to get her to leave the house. That's interesting. The house seems to have had a real hold over her, doesn't it? Yes, well, uh, I guess property is very important here. You never know why it was built or what it was built on top of. She looks at you a bit inquisitively. Do you do you know what I mean? Um. Oh, not really. Oh well. Well, I mean things like mines. You know, mine shafts. Oh, apparently there is a mine shaft there, isn't there? Mister Livingston, the solicitor, said about it that apparently this um, part of the estate includes a um, a mine. Yes, he didn't actually say where it was, no, whether, whether it's anywhere it's, near the house. I don't it was think it's under the house, but yes, it's part of the estate, isn't it? It's included in the deeds, yes. Oh, well, it's, it's yes. quite possible that it is. Uh, there's a lot of uh, buildings that have been, and estates that have been built up around this local area. I mean, I'm no expert. I just know where the post goes. Uh, but there's uh, sometimes people would build something just to and she thinks for the word conceal something or keep it from other people 
It, it's something that happens a lot in places like this, where there's a lot of paranoia around neighbours uh, getting a corner of your your estate, I suppose, or your wealth. Uh, farmers are very protectionist over their land. You, you see roads being invaded with hedgerows simply because one farmer is unprepared to yield a drainage ditch. I suppose it all harks back to the days of smuggling, doesn't it? I mean, smugglers always used to used to create legends and and things to keep people away from the coast while they were bringing their illicit trade in. Shall we say? Yeah. Well, there's some tunnels that come up very close to the village from that very same thing. Uh, some of them children still play, and they go all the way down to the sea. It's not safe, but they do it. Uh, there, there was a famous tunnel carved all the way through the cliff. Uh, that went well it was it was built as if by a mining team i don't know the story behind it how it was done but th- th- it's a curious little village and well i love it I, I there's always something new to new to see or find if you know where to look it certainly seems to be the case uh, as outsiders doesn't it linda that the people who are living here go back a long way there must be some kind of appeal to keep them here it certainly seems that way yes i mean look at my aunt well exactly i mean she was here for what 60 65 years i mean that's that's a long time to stay in one small village if, if there's not something that uh, that appeals to you isn't it oh, samantha can i ask you something it's it's just something that um the solicitor mentioned in passing earlier on I don't suppose by any chance you happen to know where my aunt died, do you? Because there seems to be a little bit of confusion. Some, I was told that she died in her house, but Mr Livingstone, the solicitor, also happened to mention that she may well have died lying in a field somewhere. And I was just wondering if you'd heard anything or, uh, or if you knew anything. She bites her lip at this. I've I've heard the same things. Um, I I heard that she died in a house and that she died in a field, <laughs> and I'm sure there'll be other people in the village that say that she died in the middle of the road. Uh, sorry, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, uh, but sometimes uh, a lot of people around here drink a lot, and when they and they wander off into the night and <laughs> die of hypothermia, things like that, die of the cold. Uh, and especially when you get old and you start losing it a little, uh, it's not that uncommon because there's so few people walking around, So certainly nobody driving around late at night out here. So if you do go for a wander, it's easy to get lost, turned around and simply just freeze outside. Uh, sometimes for the sake of the family or for the paperwork, it's... I've heard that deaths are often written up as they just die in their sleep at home or whatnot um but i've also heard plenty of times about people who just get found out in in fields because again it's just it's a maze of fields and trees and woodland around here as soon as you exit the village it's difficult to work your way back in when it's pitch black and no one's got their lights on can imagine so is, is that what you is that what happened to my aunt you reckon it's as likely as anything else oh my goodness uh, she, she was as all i know is the last time i spoke to her which i suppose was about two weeks before she died she seemed as stable as ever she was so she wasn't losing her marbles or anything no 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 i don't think so um, but sometimes people just crack or maybe she just wanted a walk and stayed out an hour too late you know how how it is sometimes by the coast even someone will walk along the beach and they will miss time when the tide's about to come back in and that's them done they get cut off from the land and washed out to sea Uh, I'm not saying that's what happened to your aunt but it's not that different to what happens out in the fields around here no I suppose not maybe um Graham, if we stay overnight, maybe we could pop into uh, the library and have a look at the death notices. Yes, yes. Oh, you're planning on staying? Well, we don't know. We're waiting for Mr Livingston to come back. He had to disappear off with a Mr Holloway to look at some documents. 
we haven't seen him since, so we're just waiting for him to come back. Her mouth opens when you mention Holloway, and then she closes it, composes herself. Are you all right, dear? Uh, so I'm going to... I'm going to be getting off now. I need to get back for dinner. Uh, but I do hope that you have a... I, I, I do hope you have a lovely time but here, but do do think about getting home soon. It's going to start getting dark. Uh, it's been a pleasure to meet you. She doesn't shake either of you by the hand. She just gets up and walks out. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Graham calls after her as she's disappearing out of the pub door. Well, that was a bit strange, wasn't it? Did I say something wrong? It was almost like I'd offended her somehow. I didn't say anything wrong, did I? No, no, I don't think so. I still had a couple of questions I wanted to ask as well. Do you, oh, yes. do you know whether your aunt is buried here in the churchyard, well, for example? That was something I was interested in knowing. I hadn't thought of that. I was thinking about asking the, um, the funeral people, because there was a funeral parlour up the road, wasn't there? Well, yes, of course. They must have dealt with it, mustn't they? Well, I would have thought so, seeing they're right in the middle of the village. We can't do anything now, though, because everywhere's going to be closed. Yeah. I think we, uh, we really ought to... Um, Wait for Mr Livingstone. Well, we're going to have to decide how long we wait. I mean, she she was exactly the same as that Mr Taylor. Why is everybody so keen to kick us out? Well, they've, they've obviously got this big event coming up. I'm sure they have a lot to prepare for. Perhaps they just feel that they don't want to devote any time to a couple of people who are going to be bothering them for food and accommodation. And Oh, that's fair enough. But we don't have to be anything to do with their event. A broad-shouldered woman with what can best be described as a pyramid of hair on her head barges in through the doors at this point with what looks like a big bundle of sheets under her arm. And she says, All right, Harry, where do you want these costumes, then? Bloody hell. He nods over at the two of you. Oh, uh... Uh... I'll just... I'll go around the back. Hmm. Do that. Linda leans over and um, whispers into Graham's ear. Graham, I really think we need to be going. I think we're in the way here. Well, I'll tell you what, shall I... I'll go and ask uh, Mr Vingo if he can recommend anywhere else that we can stay. It's not going to interfere with their preparations. How about that? Yes, I don't want to stay here. I don't think we're welcome. Graham uh, goes back to the bar, taking the empty glasses from the table back with him as a gesture of goodwill. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, tell me, we were going to ask you if you had accommodation for the night, but I can I can see that you're very busy preparing for your uh, festivities this evening. Is there anywhere else that we could stay locally? Mm, uh, bed and breakfast. Uh... Ah, no. As I said, money talks. You can stay here. We'll try not to keep you up. Are you sure that we wouldn't be in the way? No, 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 no. And, you know... And he leans over the bar. If your wife... Or yourself... Wants... To in... Indulge a little... You're more than welcome to take part. I'm sure I can convince some of the locals that you're... A couple of all right people. Especially if you're related to old Demelza. Take part in what? Hell. Oh. Hello there. Ah, we just... <laughs> Listen, uh, Mrs. I... I hope you're not prudes, but sometimes people around here like to let their hair down. Everybody likes to party once in a while and have a good time. I can't imagine that we could be that prudish, surely. Is is, is this a, a long-standing event that you're, you're putting on tonight? Well, I don't organise the bloody things, but sometimes someone else will tell me that an event's to be held and the Boulder's Arm tends to be the venue, and it's just a popular venue. So... Sometimes I like to get involved, sometimes I just like to watch. 
Sometimes I have an early night with a book. And what are you doing this evening? He looks at Linda again. Uh, I might be convinced to take part. Graham is completely oblivious to this um, kind of what what is obviously some form of uh, double entendre, or at least some kind of idea that Vingo has in his head, but, but Graham doesn't pick up on that at all. Um, and says to Vingo, I, I meant to ask you, um, you haven't had word from Mr Livingstone, the uh, gentleman we met earlier, have you? Nope, nope, heard nothing from him. I was rather hoping that we'd see him again before the end of the afternoon. He uh, he went off to uh, to deal with some paperwork with Mr Holloway and we haven't seen him again since. Is it Mr. Holloway's Land Rover outside? Is Mr. Holloway here? He'll, he'll be along tonight, I imagine. Oh. Ah, well, we can at least ask him later yeah. on uh, what happened to Mr. Livingstone, then. Oh, I don't don't know how uh, receptive Mr. Holloway will be to answering questions, but I guess you might find him during a quiet moment. Uh, 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 rather involved in the ceremony, is he? Ah, uh, you could say that. He likes to be something of a master of ceremonies. Ah, uh, yes, well, 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 every custom needs somebody to lead it, doesn't it? Um, so He likes to have his teeth around things, that's for sure. So it often prevents him from talking over much. So, um, can we, can we, uh, can we have a look at the room? Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, he passes you a key from behind the bar. If you take those stairs to the right of the bar, you just go straight up. Avoid the first room. That's uh, my wife and I. Uh, just keep going down the corridor. There's another staircase up. And not only will you find a room, there's a lovely ensuite with it. That sounds delightful. Used to be an attic. Sounds lovely. But uh, it's all right. It does the job. And I, I promise you, <coughs> if you're not interested in what's going on down here tonight, we're not going to hold that against you. Just, um, I imagine... The fact that you'll be two floors separated means we won't disturb you too much. It's not like we're playing music. Oh, no, I'm sure it'll be absolutely fine. Thank you very much. You have listened to an episode of Family Matters, a folk horror role-playing adventure set inside the world of the game Solemn Vale. The game, which is not yet released, is being developed by Dirty Vortex, and you can find out more on their website at dirtyvortex.net. Our storyteller was Matthew Dawkins, and this series is produced in collaboration with Red Moon Roleplaying. To enjoy some of their other stories set in games which are rich in folklore themes, such as Vampire the Masquerade or Mummy the Curse, find them online at www.redmoonroleplaying.com. Music was performed by ProtoEU and used with permission from their label, Cryochamber. Cryochamber are specialists in dark, ambient music. You'll find a wealth to enjoy on their website at cryochamber.bandcamp.com. If you're interested in what these recordings sounded like before they were edited, then join our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash The Folklore Podcast, where if you support us at a level of $5 a month or more, you'll have access to the raw, unedited recordings of our Solemn Vale adventure. Thanks for listening. See you next time.